0: So I'm starting this episode because I'll well, start this episode. I'm doing this episode um, because I don't know. Try to keep this weekly, and I don't know that I want to get something recorded and dropped by uh, by Saturday morning, uh, given that it's been almost uh, seems like a week, not quite a week over in Indianapolis. So hence uh, a little bit different format. I'll kind of keep this kind of short. I'm gonna offer this a clickbaity title, you know. Is Gen Con 2023 worth it? Or is going to Gen Con worth it? I really don't know what the title is right now. So I'm a bit rambly. So I thought uh, what I'll do is I will do a synopsis of me who has been to, who went to Gen Con uh, this year. I think it's the first time in like maybe 12 years, 13 years, 10 years, something like that. And, you know, the question I know a lot of people have the FOMO. Some people are uh, have opposite FOMO. <laughs> They, have, they don't want anything to do with it. So, um, But, you know, this is my thoughts as somebody who has attended for the first time in quite a long time. And when I went to Gen Con like 10 years ago, that was had been my own, the first time at that point. So, so what I'm going to do is I'm not going to belabor this. I'm just going to give you one is a quick thoughts on, you know, my perception and my analysis of it. And then I'm going to give, after that, I'm going to just give a day-by-day day, um, things that I did, and and it may be boring and, you know, cut out, there's no, <laughs> it's all voluntary, but I just kind of want to give for somebody that's a, uh, is trying to um, grow their business or whatever, it's just like to kind of give a little taste of maybe the things that they're, what the value is in attending Gen Con. So, uh, so the question, was Gen Con 2023 worth it? Um, I don't know, 75,000, 80,000 people, tickets sold out. Uh, it was mayhem, it was madness, uh, stretched across you know, the convention center, Colt Stadium, multiple hotels. Um, was it worth it for me? Yes, and I would say that if you are trying to think, do you want to go to GenCon or not? Uh, if you are wanting to, if you are wanting to play games, um, you know. And remember, games are kind of spread out in different places. Um, I did not look at the, all the games that are offered, but if you want to play games, uh, you can play games. So there is no shortage of games to play. Plenty of RPGs. Um, I've only, uh, I was there for World of Game Design. I was there to, uh, as a volunteer, I was there to run a booth and to run the GM uh, headquarters and to run two games. Maybe at the end I'll, I'll give my thoughts on, on those games. Uh, so if you are wanting to play games it's a great place if you're wanting to run games uh many people are use uh use this as a means of testing out their you know their uh, scenarios or adventures um their mechanics and um i don't you know i can't statistically speak but i think in general things filled up so if you wanted to to put run something you're going to have generally speaking probably a, a full table um, so playing games, running games. The other thing is if you want to meet people, freelancers, so if you're a freelancer looking for somebody to hire you or um, or looking for freelancers, it's not a bad place. Now, what I will say is given that it's hordes of people, hordes of people, um, you know, your ability to go to Chaosium and 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 pitch yourself to them, that's not going to happen there. It's just way too many people, way too many people. If you didn't want to drop off a card, that's fine. Uh, but what I did find is that um, a lot of happenstantial, and like uh, uh, there's a term I heard called collisions. So, you know, the idea is if you are uh, stationary, static, um, the people you collide with in a social network or social, um, what's what I'm looking for? I can't, environment it's going to be very few. And it's usually the collision of just people that you normally meet, but when you start going into areas where you have you know thousands of people then tens of thousands of people there's there's more opportunities for uh beneficial collisions um I would say something some that have proven a quite serendipitous i mean <laughs> quite serendipitous and those things can't happen if you're not out there so if you're a person that's uh, wanting to hustle a little bit uh, there is an advantage to going though it, You're if you are targeting a, um, if it's a specific game uh, company that you want to spend time with and discuss stuff with, not the place but for happenstantial stuff, my goodness oh my goodness um, not to go if you don't like crowds, don't go. Uh if you you know you look at the pictures and people like to show the convention hall, you know, with with the vast hordes, um you don't have to be there. Uh the if you just scoot around through the uh hotels and go to your a lot of the games, many of the games, most of the RPG games are in the uh hotels. And those are fairly um easy to navigate. So Not a big deal. Uh, You don't have to deal with a lot of people. But if you don't like a lot of people, don't go. But you can avoid, if you avoid that dealer hall and whatever that is that is adjacent to it, um, that's fine. Um, The other thing is, it is not a good place if you're wanting to browse for games. Um, A lot of game design, or a lot of game companies out there, wonderful game companies, but um, so many people. And I would say if I would say in the dealer hall and somebody made a re- re- remark, this is no longer a game convention. It's a trade show. And largely it is uh, the board game company. Well, board game companies make a large boards, uh, cards, m- miniatures, make a huge, huge percentage. And then the kind of the ancillary uh, um, companies, dice, clothing, you know, whatever. I mean, that, that, That takes up quite a bit. Then you also have people selling art and selling, you know, uh, bits and bobs uh, as the people across the, I think it's what people across the pond say. Uh, Yeah, plenty of that. But the actual RPG stuff, it's hard to find. But there's stuff out there. Um, But the other thing is your ability to actually flip through stuff, it's not not great. It's just, it's too chaotic. Most everything you find there, almost everything you're going to find there, you can easily order online. Um, and I have, or just wait till you go to a smaller convention. So, if you don't, if you're really wanting to, sh- uh, you know, hang out, like I did get a chance to see. Uh, so, so James Radge, Uh he's a person. So I don't like his friends, or at least some of his friends. <laughs> I don't know that I like all of his stuff, but man, I find uh, James Raji just a, uh, a very fascinating individual, very charismatic individual. And there's a lot of things he does. That are, respect him for uh, a lot of stuff he does, not my cup of tea. Not everything he does is great, but but boy, he is just a charismatic individual. And I happened to see him, you know, he's running his booth, and I I didn't say a whole lot, but I I kind of said a few things. But you know, it was pretty apparent he was just completely fried, um, completely fried by you know the masses of people. So um, you know, people who are working those booths, uh, they're exhausted. This is not a this is not Gamehole Con. This is not uh, Gary Con. This is not you know, Hoosier con or whatever, whatever other small cons are. This is a, this is a massive amount of people flowing through. So if you don't like crowds and you're just there to, when you want to see game stuff, you know, don't go there for that. Uh, And I would say that for most people, um, it just depends what your tastes are. But I think a lot of people, you know, posting pictures and I'm, and I'm, I'm kind of, um, I did post picture. I, I post. I did take a picture of stuff that I purchased, but I was going to publish it, but then I, or publish it, I was going to, <laughs> coming to a Kickstarter <laughs> you, pictures of what Jeff bought at Gen Con. Um, I was going to post them on social media, but then I started thinking, uh, I just, I, I don't know if it's a good, I don't know if it's a good look. I don't know if it's a good look. I mean, I, I like seeing what other people have bought and different things, but I know there's a lot of people who, who are not able to go. And I don't know that me pushing out the stuff that I got while I was there in any way might make other people who don't get to go feel bad. So I don't know, and I guess it's the thing, I I don't want to do something that is kind of trivial in a way that would maybe um, cause other people to to feed the FOMO even more. Because really, that's why I don't want, um, and people have to take stock of, their finances, it is, it's not terribly expensive. Well, I take that back. I was able to go. If, if you are wanting to go, you could do something like I do. I worked. F- I did work for World of Game Design. I volunteered, and I ran a booth. GM, as I mentioned before, I ran the GM headquarters and ran some games. And I was able to get uh, the uh, hotel and um, admission for free. But it was working, and I'm, like, very exhausted. I'm mean, very exhausted. I mean, I'm really, really exhausted <laughs> <laughs> and so I didn't, I played zip games. Um, so, but you know, there's opportunities to do that. So there are ways of getting there. Um, you know, and you also take the chance of, if, if you're doing something like that, you're going to be sharing room with a bunch of people. So it may or may not be a good thing. So, um, some funny stories there, but, um, ask me sometime and I'll tell you, but <laughs> nothing recorded. So anyway, that's it for that. And I'm just going to go through a, a, a day by day kind of, uh, Things that happened to me, and I, I to me it was, I went through and re, I went through and um, kind of typed this out just from my own, keep my stuff straight, in my own head. But uh, anyway, so Wednesday night I got there, um, parked one and a half miles away from the convention center. We've secured a lot; only twenty, it cost me twenty dollars to park for the whole weekend. What a deal! So, but apparently my suitcase had little tiny wheels, which was great. Uh, but the one and a half mile walk. Uh, Destroy them, so not good. So the first night there, um, I didn't have anything really to do, uh, but um, deal with the parking and all the drama that occurred. and And uh, <laughs> it should have been easy, but it wasn't. Nothing's ever easy. And then we went to World of Game Design. They hosted a dinner, which was which was really really nice. And uh, while I was there, uh, one of the people I got to meet was Amir uh, from Marvel. Marvel's delivering the Marvel um, RPG. Boldy Game Design was running games um, for, they wrote scenarios, and they ran games. And uh, he was bringing some books for people. And I think there, I'm not sure why there was multiple shipments. It doesn't matter. But anyway, quite a nice fellow. Uh, talking to him, I said, Amir, I think you're the person uh, that I emailed. And I tried to, I was trying to get an interview with Matt Forbeck. This was this was like a year ago. And I said, I tried to get an interview with him. He said he cannot speak unless it goes through Marvel and they get the approval. And so I did. And I got a really nice email. And he said, no, no, because that wasn't him. That was his boss. And I said, oh, that makes sense. So I still never got the interview with Matt Forbeck, I'm sure, uh, on the list somewhere. Um, Matt, I'm, I'm less interested in uh, in the uh, Marvel RPG than I uh, more in just uh, talking with Matt Forbeck because he he's a very interesting fellow. So anyway, got to meet Amir from Marvel, came down here, um, and uh, some inside stories, weird stuff was going on, kind of funny, uh, but anyway, um, it all worked out. I got to hang out with Al Lu uh, from this old dungeon, and the Dare Luck Club, he makes, uh, probably spelled like the Dare Luck Club, and runs uh, DCC Kickstarter, or uh, MCC Kickstarters, and I got to meet some Wagdi people, really nice. Um, also a guy from World of Game Design, uh, the head cheese, I talked to him a little bit about potential work, and I got to room with Joe and Andrew from Ghostfire Games. So I guess I'm out of the loop. I am. That is my. That is my life. My life story. I do not know about a lot of commercial, like in the real world, the non-geek world. Like I have no idea about commercial, commercials or certain musical groups or certain things like that. My my world. My world runs differently than most other people's. So, um, but these are two people who are uh, running games for Ghostfire Games who apparently. I guess do very well producing um fifth edition adventures and they came in from Canada and um, they were absolutely a uh, delight got to meet some new <laughs> make some new friends uh, which is kind of nice because uh I think it's easy especially as we get older especially as I get older to um it, it's good to have opportunities that uh, cause me to uh, interact with more more people and you really can't have too many friends even if they are just social acquaintances that you meet a few times a year, it's still a good thing to 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 be part of people's lives and make connections. So Thursday, uh, ran the GM headquarters, started at 9, got to run an OSE game, uh, Mayan Epics. Um, it was kind of interesting that um, i give my, my thoughts on the end. And then while I was there, I got to meet Ag- Embry. Embry, I can never say his name right. So he writes uh, articles for... Um, Ian World, and specifically, he does a list of Kickstarters that are uh, currently going. And so, he had done it for for uh, Scoundrels Brixton. This was a few months ago, and the um, and because he put that on their, their uh, on their uh, site, I got I think four sales out of it. Well, it wasn't a high 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 rolling Kickstarter. Uh, so but so four sales is four sales. And um, and I thanked him there in the comments, but I saw him as like, egg. <laughs> it's like <laughs> and I I thanked him profusely for what he'd done. And I also told him I had Gary's appendix. Now apparently I was a little late so I told him I noticed that in the Kickstarter. He put something from Kickstrack to show how it's trending. And I think I might have, I kind of forgot, but I probably got him too late for the Gary's Appendix uh, that's currently going on. But my goodness, what a delightful person. Absolutely delightful person. And I have to get him on the show sometimes. So, you know, again, a very uh, serendipitous kind of collision, uh, but one that uh, I'm very happy about. And I met Tony V from the zine group. I can't remember his last name, Vanessa Vassena, Vasana. And he's the one that started the uh, a, a Zine meetup on uh, on Saturday, but got to just meet him briefly. Um, and I also met, um, I also ran to a fellow. It's kind of funny. You know, sometimes I, I try and and talk to people uh, when not spoken to first. And uh, so I was walking along and I, I came remember I said something about, to some fellow and uh, his name is Greg Marks. Don't really know him. Uh, but start up a conversation, blah, 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 finds out he writes uh, adventures. And so it's like, hey, I may have another potential writer for Gary's Appendix. So as I put in an update today, it's, it's because I'm, on a, but, uh, but, uh, cause I'm it's being a peri- periodical three times a year, not everybody has availability to write stuff. So it's nice to have a large stable of people. And which to draw from, so that you know it's not everybody's feeling on the hook every 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 time around, and people can come in and come out and uh, it works for all nice. So I was pretty happy. And then that night I met with Lu Al Lu for dinner. we uh, we went to it was late he uh he was he was working for uh, the uh, Goodman games, and he loves 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 loves, loves. Energized, energized, energized uh, by the con, and so his ability to help does not diminish his his enthusiasm. Uh, hunger does not dissuade him. He is on fire. So we went to. He really wanted to do the uh, the slippery noodle. I'm sure there's an entendre there. Uh, maybe there is. Maybe there isn't. Am I going to say? But uh, I'll leave that to you to to uh, reach your own decisions. But it was a uh, it was a live music. Um, then you so had dinner with Lou and man the the gal that was that was singing there's a, a gal named Beth Hart who's absolutely phenomenal um blues singer and boy she was her voice was pretty close to Beth Hart um which says a lot so anyhow look at Beth Hart and um if you're so interested in finding new music um but um and they you know uh, was it Tradeschi Tusk, uh, or a Trucks Band, uh, Susan Tradeschi, Tradeschi, I can't ever pronounce her name, but songs from like, it was a, a eclectic, well, i say eclectic, it was a lot of the songs I really enjoy that also, um, uh, not like super popular on the radio, but definitely some some great classics that normally don't get, that I normally don't get to hear out, so I was very excited about that, and uh, Friday. I ran a convention booth. That's that's not really fun. But, 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 but I saw Ardwolf. But the problem was I saw Ardwolf. Well, I say I saw Ardwolf, I saw him with sh- a shirt that said Ardwolf. But he was wearing a beard. So I couldn't tell if it was Ardwolf or not Ardwolf. And Ardwolf has a name. I don't know what his name is. It's not secret. But I couldn't remember. He walked by. The face wasn't ringing a bell. And then he walked away. And I should have just... Uh, I should have just suffered an embarrassment and just said, hey, are you Ardwolf? And he said, yeah, So yeah, I'm Jeff. That's what I should have done, but I didn't. Failed opportunity. I feel bad. So, anywho. (laughs) But I saw a fellow come into the booth. We chatted a little bit, walked away, and later on he came back and and it was uh, chatting and I looked I said, like, Bryce? And then he didn't move. I said, Bryce Lynch? And he stopped and turned around. So Bryce Lynch from the Ten Foot Pole uh, was there. So we had a, a really brief, uh, good discussion. The, our, our, the booth was actually pretty packed and pretty small, uh, but we had a, a quick discussion. Uh, what a lovely fellow! Uh, even though his his uh, reviews are can be pretty scathing in in person, he is absolutely a a delightful person. Um, and uh, maybe one day I'll have an adventure that he can he can. Uh, he can review. Um, I told him I was safe so far, so he didn't end up buying Gary's appendix. Um, I told him I was safe so far, but maybe one day there'd be an adventure for him to uh, to uh, <laughs> analyze. So anyway, wonderful person. Um, then I also met uh, Daniel Fox from Zweinhander. Zweinhander, what, uh, what a wonderful person, Um I just afterwards, I I looked and saw the uh, he did create a little bit of uh, hubbub on the on the twitters uh, from some comments he made, um, and uh, and but you know I think people were taking what he's saying out of context. But regardless, in person, absolutely a genuinely effusive, friendly person who I saw him um, uh, yeah. just a very genuinely. Nice person, and so he he had backed uh, apparently scoundrels, uh, and he at least the first iteration and showing him my stuff and Pain of the fly god, and um, we talked about thoughts and we talked about body horror and <laughs> all sorts of groovy things there at the at, uh, for a short time there. So going to have to have him on the podcast, but uh, yeah, Daniel Fox, amazing, um, and then. I was gonna supposed to be up with Luau Lu and, and and Trevor Stamper and it fell through. It fell through. It fell, fell through. And so I was I was Steve Martin and the lonely guy. So and but all was well. Two things happened. Uh there was a gal I ended up talking to uh, at the food truck, um, and she's talking about a uh she's talking about a cup a, a family in India who she was running she's running games for a company that runs games for other companies. And they had actually shipped product for them to run. And these people from India are designing games, sending it here and then they're running games. Apparently it was very successful. And so, of course, I was wanting to ask a thousand questions. Um, you know, like, do they ship them by, by, by plane or by boat? And are they aiming at just a U.S. audience? Uh, are they aiming at, uh, also India? I was going to start asking all these questions. But then I realized, you know, she's just a volunteer. So. Alas, uh, my thirst for understanding this very unique situation, which I was very excited to hear, um, and uh, it, 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 it. But anyway, uh, I wish them all the best, whoever they were. But uh, and then at night, so there was four of us uh, by Friday, and there's there was no place to sit, so I just sat in the because uh, because everything was taken. The 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 couch was a bed. The the bed was shared, and the uh, and I was sleeping in a mattress that was in a box that would roll out from underneath the couch. So, you know, I, I tried to stay up late enough that I could overcome any sort of noises or any snoring that might happen. And uh, and during that time, I happened to talk to a guy from um, from the hotel who um, we talked about troubles, talked about uh, Belfast because my time in Belfast has left an indelible mark on my soul. Um, and then his wife was Ukrainian. And so then we start talking about, uh, the situation there. And he said he taught there and we had a really, 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 really good discussion, which could not have occurred except by happenstance. Uh, so it was a, it was a pleasure, but then of course it got to be like midnight. So it's time to go to bed Saturday morning, Saturday morning, uh, stay in there, eat my oatmeal and uh, at breakfast, and two guys were talking, kind of going back and forth. Somebody said something like, "I threw in some some funny comment." At least it seemed funny to me. And then we, you know, of course, you ask, "Well, what are you were you running?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm part of the uh, Independent Gamers Development Network." And I was like, I looked at Dame Tag it was Brennan Taylor, Brennan Taylor from Bulldogs, and I, I funded, or I backed the Bulldogs back in the day. And his Kickstarter, that Kickstarter was probably a good. What's what am looking for? It's a good lesson of. Of uh, it's a good. Um, I can't think of the term. I'm too tired, but the idea is that it, he he funded, but the problem was he said a lot of he got a lot of stretch goals, and the problem was that he delivered on the main product and on a few of the stretch goals. And then longer on a few more of the stretch goals. And then there's a couple stretch goals that it took him years uh, to do because you know he's drawing other people and circumstances all the circumstances, but he finally, you know, fulfilled that whole thing. Um it but you know, the 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 value I would have have gotten even without that was, you know, for what he provided was you know, it was, was kind of silly. So so the independent game developers network kind of talked about that a little bit. So that's something I need to look into. I don't know if I would fit within what they're doing, uh, but, 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 but never know. And uh, so that was a, a, a serendipitous collision that occurred that could not have occurred anywhere else. Um, so, you know, that's, that helps make it worth it. Uh, same thing. I was, so I was running, and then I was a, uh, ran the GM headquarters. Then I ran another um, old school essentials venture, the same one again. Um, and then I had a break and I ran cause I had to pick up a few things and I really wasn't planning on buying anything at the dealers hall, but unfortunately, or fortunately I did. And uh, along the way I saw an artist and her stuff was absolutely, absolutely amazing. Talked to her for a few minutes and was able to, um, you know, uh, I haven't, wasn't able to talk rates, but uh, she. Um, but maybe I'll be using her for some covers uh, in the future, so you never know. And so that was a, a nice meeting. Uh, then I also talked to BackerKit, and yeah, so BackerKit was there. So I asked some questions about what they're doing. They're 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 also doing the crowdfunding portion as well. As many of you know if you look at what Monty cook games is doing uh they're using backer kit as well so several others they're just going um i think there's some advantages to it and i think there's uh i think it could shave off two weeks from or more from fulfillment um and also i don't know how they i don't know how they give the money the problem i've been finding is that if i use backer kit for the uh for the uh, to pay for the shipping, which is nice, so so BackerKit just charges it like a flat fee, which is was, was fine uh, for their for the for doing BackerKit. If you're going through uh, Kickstarter, uh, they charge basically comes out to ten percent between them and Amazon and whoever else. There's they charge that to just approximately we'll say ten percent. It's so BackerKit the fee is much cheaper than having that ten percent. But the problem is Stripe, Stripe, Stripe. Stripe charges fifty cents plus like three percent. So if you're only using it to collect the to the if you just collect the shipping, you are already at a pretty high percentage on uh, for for that for that amount. So you know it could actually save money by by consolidating the two. But thing I fear is that uh, Kickstarter does a pretty good job of getting new people to a project because they bring eyeballs to a project. Don't know that backer kit is going to do that as well. They talked a good game. I don't know. But the problem is I'm facing is I want to do more Kickstarters next year. If I more, I mean a lot more, uh, I may run into some, may run into some um, limitations. Don't know. Don't know if uh, we'll see. And I think things with Kickstarter may be negotiable, uh, but I may take Gary's appendix and move it to just uh, – Backer kit because there's already a pretty established audience. Um we'll see. We'll see. So where are we at? Um Yeah, I um also made another uh the other thing is we there was a zine meetup. Uh so Tony created the Zine meetup for the RPG Zine group and I went a lot of people there. Uh, the Morkborg people, the the, uh, the the Stockholm Syndicate was there. Um, I'm not necessarily, uh, it was cool seeing them. Uh, I'm not necessarily like a, a fanboy of Morkborg, Morkberg, or whatever it's called. But it was kind of cool to see them. Uh, it was a small group. But I was next to this dude, and I said, oh, what are you making? He had this exalted funeral. And he's like, I'm Lou from exalted funeral. And, you know, I just, you know, and the, I can't remember what he said he does. And I was like, oh. I was wanting to um approach Exalted Funeral about selling my stuff and it's talking about, well, I heard, you know, that, you know, the exclusivity and da da, 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 da. So I got a lot of that straightened out, and he asked, well, what are you producing? Happenstentially, I had Gary's Appendix 3 proof copy in my bag. So when I handed it to him, and for every reason, I was not connecting Old School Essentials because I think Gavin Norman, I don't think Exalted Funeral he saw that and he's like, Oh yeah, he goes, this probably would fit really well. And so after he flipped through it, um, told me who to contact, which, uh, really was no secret, but it was, you know, sometimes I get overwhelmed by sites and trying to figure out who I'm supposed to, where I'm supposed to click for who and what. So he told me who basically it's, I don't know if it's, I can't remember the name, but it's, uh, well, that's not a name. It's, it's it's an apartment. So, and explain that, you know, if you're going to send, um, tell us for you guys who want to pitch to Exalted Funeral is provide a, a a synopsis, a page count, a price manufacturing, or manufacturing, uh, the, <laughs> it's going to MRP, it's an MSRP, um, manufacturer suggested um, price, MSRP, suggested retail price, retail price. And send a PDF for what you're wanting, send it to them, and that way they have all the information they need. And he says they try and get back with you. Now, Trevor says they say nice things, but he's never had them come get back with him. So I don't know, but it's worth a try. But I do have an OSC sticker right on the cover. So that should help. That should help. That should help. So, anyhow, I met him also met a dude named Sean for um, supposed to be a, 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 a writer. And uh, I think his car said uh, adventure or he's a professional GM. Don't know. Haven't looked at, um, oh, oh, going back to Lou from exalt funeral. That's another case of ser- at serendipity. Like that collision would not have occurred, could not have occurred unless I was there at that time doing that thing. So, you know, the, it is very important, I guess, in some ways, depending on what you're wanting, but, it, you know, there's there's value um, in these uh, mixers, so to speak. So, anyway, going to Sean Four, I don't know if he's good. I don't know if he, his stuff wines, but I took his card because, you know what? doesn't hurt to have another writer. So, uh, and I also met another guy named Jason Bowles who does layout and design. Um, may or may not, uh, use him, but you know what? Sometimes it may not hurt to see if he's a good person for cleaning things up. Um, or if I get stuck, you never know, because he says he charges by the hour. So, and that's a good thing. It can be a good thing. So, especially if you just say, you know what, I just need you to, you know, because sometimes it's hard, you know, it's, it's, you get to a certain point and, um, those of you who haven't done it, it's it's uh it can it can it can drive you to 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 madness. Um so anyway, then um at the Wagdi, so Wagdi had a pizza party, which uh I attended because uh, I was one of the GMs, and they uh, I met Alexander or Eric Al and who was a uh who was actually a graphic designer. So maybe using him uh, for spooching some things up, like some logos. Don't know. Maybe for graphic design. And Sunday, finally met up with Trevor after a long, long attempts or many attempts. Uh, good time. Um, and uh, we just need to figure out how to do something like that more often. And I headed to the, to the dealer hall hoping to pick up uh, the um, this new game of uh, Dumb Ways to Die, but... Failed, failed, and I exited home. So that ends that. So I'll just talk about the OSE real quick uh, adventures. So I was given, um, so I ran. Uh, I was given an adventure that that was written. I don't know if it was written for Old School Essentials or not, but it was definitely the formatting in which it was presented was not. So I spent a day cleaning the thing up, make it usable, and presented it like an OSE style format. Um, which worked out good, and the people I ran for, most of the people, there were no people who, that played were regular OSC players. One maybe played in a game or two, and the other people uh, either had the books or knew nothing about it. And by far and large, the people had, um, the, and that the, the um, so they were kind of shocked about the uh, the quickness of the rules. So I I tend to – combat was quick, obviously. Uh, I tend to be a – for GMing, I tend to encourage people to do um, creative things, and I encourage them if they're wanting to do something um, that's maybe – maybe gives them extraordinary ability, but then I always present a risk. Um, That's always something I enjoy doing. So – one of the things was uh, there's a fellow who is towards the end. There's a pit. There's these bad guys. He's like, you know what? I want to run up, shoulder this bad guy into the pit, and then I want to throw my my javelin at this other fellow. I was like, I said, okay. Um, because, one, I know that people don't hit very often in old school essentials. So even though I started level, I knew that his chances of succeeding both were probably were not that great. I said, but... What you're going to do is if you succeed on the shoulder attack, because the guy was the only first level that he was attacked, or was a one-hit-die creature. And I figured, you know what? Uh, if you, I said, if you, you will have to make a dexterity check. If you make your dexterity check, you're fine. If you fail your dexterity check, you fall in the pit. Which was like maybe, I don't know, like a 30% chance or 25% chance. I can't remember what he had. So he's like, sure. <laughs> so... he he runs knocks a guy in the pit falls in the pit and that's the end of his character so i i find great joy in allowing people the the ability to to do uh, great things at a known risk and they choose to do it another thing that was kind of weird about whoever made these game sheets they, they put stuff on the character sheets put stuff down that just made absolutely it i don't know who wrote i don't know who Convert stuff over. I don't know if it was a fifth edition. I don't know what weird stuff was on there because there's there totem animals and um, things that just, I couldn't find the rules, or anything that, that would be comparable. And so I, one gal was asking about it. I was like, you know, I'll tell you guys what. If you, we're in a con, I said, you know, what? if you got a totem animal and you want to do something that that is representative of that totem one time a day that's special, uh, we'll negotiate it and we'll do that. And said, okay. So hers was an eagle. I said, okay, what do you want to do? She says, I want to use my, you know, eagle power to, to look around. Like, you know, I said, okay. So you, you know, you're able to soar around. And all that really did was gave her the ability, which everybody had, which was to walk around and check things out. So as a GM, uh, sh- she was able to do something cool. And that something cool actually had no impact on the game. And it was, and it was fun. And later on, they came across a bad person who was bathing in a pool, uh, cleaning out his wounds. And a guy says, "I want to use my iguana power to sneak and remove and, and to take the guy's clothing." <laughs> I'm like, okay. And so we did. And so uh, they had a lot of fun. Um, and I think that's what's kind of is to me is fun about old school essentials. Is my style may be different than yours, but but it it you can do things, um, especially since. The characters don't have a lot of uh, hit points, don't have a lot of power, but you can provide little things here and there. Uh, you can add little rules here and there in a way that doesn't break the game, uh, intensifies the fun, and um, and uh, and makes for very flexible. And there, everybody, both games were shocked at just how fast combat went. Shocked, shocked. <laughs> <laughs> they said one of the things was there's less decisions to make. Uh, honestly, I'm not, an, uh, as much as I post up for Old School Essentials, I'm not necessarily an expert. At, I am not an expert at Old School Essentials. In fact, I don't really run that many games uh, with it. So um, it, it, was, uh, it was a little nerve-wracking for me, but actually it went fine. Um, uh, anyway, great time, great game, great people. And also the thing I thought was interesting is how easy it was to, quote-unquote, convert. I know I hate to use that word because people weren't necessarily leaving fifth edition, but um, those people wanted to play old school essentials and they played old school essentials and they enjoyed it. So I think, um, you know, I see, you know, this is a good opportunity for, you know, for companies or, or whatever. There are people who are hungry for that and kind of people think that maybe that's not what the young kids want. And actually most of the people I had were, a bit older, probably in her forties, maybe thirties, in her fifties. Uh, but my goodness, uh, it went over well. It went over well. Yeah, the quickness of the combat, uh, the flexibility, um, the the ease. So all the things that that they use to to sell it, um uh, you know, it did. So and there may be I may talk about a few things. Um, um I bought one is was was, uh, was the Outcast Silver Raiders OSR it's got to be the tightest variation of PX I have ever seen I mean I'm going to have to get that people on there to talk about it. it is absolutely a phenomenal box set it is phenomenal value 100 bucks with what I got the they took a wizard and, and simplified it so there's no spell lists and makes it work in a sword and sorcery venue very well. Unbelievable, unbelievable, unbelievable how much they were able to excise and make characters work. Uh, they, they did a really cool thing with the school, with a skill system. And um, it's just amazing. So anywho, uh, I'll probably talk about that later. Um, but anyway, That's it for now. I think I talked longer than I intended to. So, anyway, thank you, everyone. And uh, I should have a show by next week. I hope something goes wrong. Hey, keep rambling.